I remember the dad was like, stop, that's enough, that's enough, stop. And he tries to like pull me off. My dad with one punch knocks him out. The kid's out, the guy's out cold. The kid's like crying and I'm punching him. And I get off, right? And my dad's like, break his arm. And I'm crying, I'm like, no, like, no, like I don't want to. And everybody's like, no, 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 like you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And my dad said, I told you, break his arm. He's like, you're going to be a man. And I told him I don't want to. So I remember he said, oh, yeah. So he grabbed from my neck and the bottom of my shirt. He dragged me. He picked me up and dragged me. We lived in a second story um, apart, uh, apartment. And he hung me over the, the balcony. And he said, either you break his arm or I let you go right now. And whatever happens, happens. I don't care if you die. I don't care if you live. But he disrespected my home, and you're disrespecting me by not listening to me. And I remember saying, like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. Like, okay, okay, okay. And then he taught me. Like, I went in. He was like, okay. He's like, stop, you know, be a man. Like, do this. And I remember he, he told me what to do. And the kid was just like on the floor, like crying. And I took his arm and I broke it. My name is John Martinez. Um, I am a father of three amazing boys. Um, love them to death. Isaiah, the oldest, Caleb, and then Nathan, our newborn. Well. He's a big boy. He's like six months. Um, married for six years and been walking with the Lord firmly for about six years as well. Um, I am originally from Fairfax, Virginia, um, born of Hispanic parents. Um, my parents are both El Salvadorian. They came to the United States about 27 years Um 28 years now. Um, they came when my, my mom was pregnant with my brother. <clears throat> On the way here, they um, stayed in Mexico for a little bit. Um, and that's where I came into the picture a year after my mom gave birth for my brother. We would move around a lot uh, when I was young. I remember uh, we, my sister uh, was born in Maryland and then we moved back to Virginia and then back to Maryland and then back to Virginia and then back to Maryland and eventually we went up to Canada um stayed in Canada for about I want to say four three four years around there and within Canada we were moving around to different providences there as well from Quebec to Montreal to Ontario to Toronto um and that was pretty much my life, always on the go. Um, never really had a place to call home. While I was still growing up, I remember enjoying um, time, but my dad wasn't really there. I never really understood it. Um, I would always hear my parents always bicker, um, but I was too young to even say anything. Uh, till I remember till I was like about four or five um i remember seeing my parents fight in their room um they were fighting in the room sorry and um i remember i just started crying and just started weeping um 
and then from there like I just stormed into their room and I saw my dad um I didn't know he was drunk at the time but he was drunk and he was holding he was pinning my mom up to the wall and her face was blue and everything and all I remember was just going to like save my mom and I had to like you know what a little four-year-old could do I started punching and I started kicking and yelling eventually my mom collapsed on the floor she was unconscious and all I remember is my dad turning around cussing at me I see his hand swing back I'm out uh I woke up in the emergency room um and the nurse was asking me, this is why we were still living in Canada. The nurse asked me, like, hey, and, you know, I, I remember it vividly. She would kept calling me, like, baby. She's like, hey, baby, like, are you okay? Do you remember what happened? And all I remember was no, because it was so traumatic that all I, all I saw was, all I could remember is entering into the room and lights went out and I woke up in, in the hospital. Social services came because when a kid gets hurt really bad, um, you know, I was bleeding from my nose and everything like that. They called 911. I was unconscious. My mom was nowhere to be seen and my dad was there with me. So um, he said, no, no, nothing happened. Uh, they called Child Protective Services. Um, they called it something different in Canada, but um, um, then from there, <clears throat> I remember they came to our house for a little bit and we, I never, I didn't see my mom for a couple of days. I do remember that vividly. She was gone. Uh, I didn't know where she was, um, but I was with my dad, um, my brother, my sister, um, and, you know, I, I was just trying to reminisce everything that happened. My dad was just kind of a charming guy. He was very, very eloquent with his words. Um, and all I remember saying when the when the Child Protective Services lady came and she's like, you know, is there mom? My dad said no. And I was like, wait, what? My mom's been missing for three days. I, I, like, have you seen her? Um, and I remember... Um, I was put in my room and you know the lady kind of left and here's where I say everything turned for me uh, my whole world everything I knew about a loving family and you know mom and dad always being there for me um, everything turned where my dad barged into the room and all I remember is him saying you'll never speak to an adult unless I tell you again and all I remember is him taking off his belt and he just unleashed I mean like to the point where I couldn't feel the whips anymore and um you know I was screaming and yelling and the more I screamed the more he hit me um and I remember that I called I didn't go to school for two days because I could barely get up out of my bed and it it it, it, sh it shook me up because up until this point, all I like I said, all I known is like a loving family and nurturing family. My dad always being there, and my parents kind of going back and forth, but not really processing that they were fighting, or you know that evidence that 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 uh, experience of seeing my mom getting choked out. Um, and I remember my mom eventually came back. Um, my uncle came into town from um, from LA, and I remember seeing my uncle. Uh, when we lived in Maryland and I loved him a lot um, I say loved because he passed away now um, but I loved him a lot I hugged him and everything um, and I remember he just wanted we were going to do like a cookout and my dad wanted 
to show our guests portray that we were still a loving family. And we were crossing a street to go to like a grocery store and he wanted me to hold his hand, but I was so shooken up of what happened. What like, I, I think this was like a month after or something like that. Um, I didn't want to hold his hand. I wanted to hold my uncle's hand. So I remember saying like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to. And um, he grabbed his key and he put it in between his knuckles and he jammed it into my head. So that's actually this scar right here on my forehead. And then I woke up again in the emergency room. And then crazy enough, the same nurse was like, oh my baby, like what happened, what happened? Um, and from there, my dad again was with me and he was like, he fell. You know, he has two other siblings. He fell on the corner of the bed and split his head open. Um, so obviously the, it was much bigger, like the scar on my head, but as I grew, it, it shrunk down. Fast forward, my dad got in trouble with the law in, in Canada. My mom sought an opportunity um, to run away and come to Maryland. Um, I don't know exactly how my dad came back into the picture, honestly, but he found us in Maryland. Um, he, you know, got clean and everything like that. Well, apparently, you know, what my mom tells me, like, he got clean. It's just that he would drink here and there. That's exactly what she said. But he's still your dad. You know, we still have to love him. When I first saw him, you know, I didn't want to hug him. And he got upset that I that I didn't want to hug him. Um, and I didn't understand why I couldn't run to him like my sister did. I didn't understand why, you know, I couldn't say hi to him or, or even acknowledge that he's there. But, you know, I went to him because my mom forced me, so I just kind of gave him, like, a little lean in, and he hugged me. Um, but I still wanted to stay with my aunt. Um, so during school, I would stay with my aunt, like, Monday through Friday and to go to school, and then on the weekends, I would go to my parents. Um, but I remember on the weekends, he just had... I thought they were sodas, honestly. He had, like, stacks of cans of now what I know is beer. And he would get so drunk that we had to, like open him for him I remember he would black out to the like out 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 my mom would always go to church um so we were I don't want to say we were raised in church we raised knowing God um but as far as church goes I feel like we went just to go just to escape my dad's drunkenness and you know find something more productive to do but my mom would leave, and there would always be a huge argument. I remember that my dad wanted to keep my brother and I home, always. He 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 didn't care if, if my sister stayed, but he wanted the two boys to stay home. I remember that was always a thing. He would pass out so bad that, you know, he would throw up and everything, and my brother and I had to clean him up. We had to shower him. We had to carry him. However we could, you know, we would put a, a blanket on the floor, and we would just kind of, like, drag him and just splash him with water. He started bringing friends over, started drinking. And I remember in one of those moments that he brought his fr his friends over, they had just started drinking. Um, and I think my brother and I were fighting over like a toy or something or like a TV remote. Um, and we started fighting. You know, we started like, you know, little kid wrestling. My dad broke us up by whipping the both of us. Um, you know, we were crying. And I remember vividly the friend was like, just let them fight. Just let them fight. And my dad was, my dad looked at us and he's like, you guys want to be, you guys want to fight. You guys want to be men. 
fight. And I remember um, he forced us to fight because he said, either you guys fight or I'm going to whip you guys again. And I remember we we did not want to fight. We were like, no, like we started getting scared. And he hit us so bad that I remember for like, I remember seeing my brother's back and for like if you watch the Passion of Christ movie there's a vivid scene where Jesus gets whooped on his back and you see like the the back just split wide open I remember he like he wouldn't hit it from the leather part he turned and hit the buckle part and he hit my brother and it split his back open just like that and he's like I said fight and I'm not even tired yet so I remember I hugged my brother and then he slammed me on the ground and I was like I just, I'm trying to hug you for, like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for what happened. And Tred's trying to cover him, my older brother, trying to cover him from not getting hurt. Um, and we started fighting. And how old were you guys at that? We were probably, like, he's a year older than me, so we were, like, six, seven, more or less. Um, I, I can't tell you how long we fought for, but I just remember tussing, tossing and my dad yelling, like, punch him, knee him, kick him, scratch him, do this, do that, do that, and them just laughing. And I remember, um, you know, th- there was blood on the floor. There was, like, not, like, little drops, but there was, like, a puddle of blood on the floor. And my brother's back was still bleeding, um... And I grab, like, a towel or something, and, like, I'm trying to, like, clean it off because I didn't know any better. And my dad was like, you know, stop being a sissy. Come. Like, in the most vulgar way. Like, stop being a sissy. Come. And I remember him grabbing um, either my my dad loved Corona beers or he loved tequila. And I remember in that instance, I know it's tequila now because it was a big clear bottle, and he poured, like, half of the bottle on my brother's back. And he yelled... And then whooped my brother again for making him waste the tequila on his back. Um, my mom got home. We went to the emergency room. And we said we fell in the forest. And when we got home, all I, all I remember is my dad laughing. But it was a laugh that, like, haunted me. It was so empty and so, like, evil that he was, like, kind of like, ha, like, you guys fought. And I enjoyed it. Like this, you guys, you guys made me proud. That's literally what he said. Like you guys made me proud. Never ever have I heard, and I love you from him up until this point, and I love you from him. Uh, I made you proud, uh, or anything like that. Not even as much as like a hug or like a kiss. Um, I've always received that from my mom. Um, what did What did she uh, say when she saw you guys in that state? She would just cry. She would just cry, and when she tried to go against my dad my dad would hit her i remember telling my brother his name is jose i was like jose like what do we do you know i'm scared and i remember him hugging me and him just saying don't worry i got you like just that like in the most like innocent way like i i I won't let anything bad happen to you and since then like We've always had each other's backs too. Whenever we did something, or sometimes we wouldn't even do anything, my dad would just get mad. He would go into this rage. He would punch holes in walls when he was drunk, and he would call us out. And he would just be like, pull down your pants. And he would just whoop us just for his satisfaction, um, just for his, just from his rage, you know. 
um, I remember he had brought a whole bunch of friends over after like working, and we had just came from church from from a Bible study on a uh, Bible service, sorry, on a Sunday. And you know, I came in all nice and everything like that, um, and he he got my brother and I like got us by our shirts, dragged us in pushed my mom with my sister and said stay out closed the door locked it put the key the key lock on it the little chain and you know she couldn't get in that, that I don't know what happened you know if she tried or anything like that and all I remember seeing is like a whole bunch of like 30 40 year old men drunk dude like our our couch was like torn it smelled like pee, like pee it smelled like alcohol it smelled like beer and the one there's this one guy that was there when my brother and I first fought he was like hey um he called my dad's name he was like hey let me see your boys fight again and then I was like no like I'm not gonna fight again I'm not I don't I don't want to do that um and then my brother started crying and then my dad I remember my dad slapped the both of us like hard and my dad he worked in construction, so you can imagine how thick his hands were, and he slapped us, and then he's like, you know, his big thing was stop being a sissy, and he tore off our shirts, like he ripped it, like tie and everything, like he just tore it all off, and, you know, he tore off our shirt, so we were like shirtless, and he was like, fight, and we're like, no, we don't want to fight, so he took out his belt, he's like, oh yeah, you don't want to fight? And we're like, no, we don't want to fight. We don't want to fight. Um, so he hit us. And um, his friend was like, oh, your kids are sissies. Like, they can't take a punch. They can't take a hit. Look at them crying. And I remember my dad punched both of us in our chest so hard. Me and my chest so hard that I lost my my breath. I was like, <gasps> that's the first time, like, he had closed fist hit us. And I was like, <gasps> Oh my God. And then I remember I flew back that I heard a shatter and I looked back and I, my butt had went through the TV and I was like stuck in there. Um, and then, you know, everybody was like, Ooh, like all the crowd. And he's like, I said, fight. And then my, my brother was like, I'm just going to punch you once. I'm just going to punch you once. And I was like, no, <laughs> like I don't want to get hit at all. You know, crying and everything like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to. And then everybody was like, oh, you know, his his boys are sissies, you know, they won't do anything. So my dad at this point starts whipping the floor. He's like, I said, fight, fight. And my brother punches me. And that did something to me. My tears just stopped. It just stopped. And we started legit fighting. And we were tussling and everything like that. And, um, you know, everybody was yelling, like, yeah, like, hit him, do this, do that, do this, do that. And I remember I hear, like, a glass, another glass be broken. We both stopped, right? And then I hear, like, a rolling, and it was a, it was a Corona bottle. And he's like, hit him with that. And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to hit him. And, you know, I'm cleaning my face. And, and I was like, no, like, you hit him. Um, and I told him, I was like, if you want to be a man, you hit him. And, you know, my dad, um, that's one of the only times my dad was like, no. He's like, if you think you're a man, bring your son. 
to fight my kid, and then we'll use that. And, you know, the whole thing stopped, you know. But everybody stayed there. My brother and I were kind of like, take care of each other. We would clean up our blood and, you know, do any scratches. My mom had taught us at this point, you know, how to like hold pressure on a wound and clean it up. Um, and I remembered my dad using alcohol, like drinking alcohol, but we used rubbing alcohol and hydrogen peroxide to like clean each other up. And I remember like a few hours later, we were in the bathroom, we were just like crying, like what happened? And I told my brother, I was like, you, why'd you hit me? Like, why'd you do that? And he's like, cause I don't know what would have happened if I didn't. So we hear banging on the door, you know, and I'm crying. I was like, I just want my mom. I hear banging on the door and you know, we didn't open the door cause we had locked it. And my dad kicks in the door, the door comes flying off and you know, we're, We'd like the let's say a sink is here. I'm facing it. My brother's like to the side, so it like misses us. But the knob like scratches my whole back, so I'm like, you know, in pain. I'm already in pain, but I felt that and it like stung. So I'm like, and then my dad said, "Come out." He came out, and my brother and I are like seven and eight. I'm seven. He's eight. And this kid, he was like had to be like thirteen, fourteen. And the guy was like, um, my my dad's name is Jose Antonio, but they would call him Don Jose. Don Jose, you said your 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 kids you, that you said that your kids can take on mine. He's like, all right, I won't I won't hit your kids. And then he rolled that same Corona bottle. He's like, but they can't take him. And it was this like he was so tall, like to a seven eight year old. He was so tall, and you know again. My dad was like, fight him. He's in my house. And, you know, he started cussing him out. He's like, oh, you're going to be in my house disrespecting me, this, this, and that. My kids are going to whoop your kid. You know, obviously there was a lot of cuss words in between. And he was like, he turned to us and he was like, fight him. He's like, and I and I want you to make him bleed. I want you to make him suffer. And I want you, I want you to rip every bone in his body. And we were like, no, like, we don't want to do that. Um, so this kid hits my brother like on his shoulder with the bottle it didn't break but it was enough to like put him to the floor and start crying and I remember he kicked my brother and I and instantly like I got mad like don't hit my brother so we started fighting and people just started throwing things in like a stick a shoe a belt this that like just anything that they can find and obviously it's a kitchen my mom loved wooden spoons so she would hit that and we, we were just hitting each other and it was like it was like an an all-out brawl you know i don't know who won but they stopped it um we were all pretty bloody there's blood on the floor and you know my mom i don't know how she came into the into the house stopped it all and she laid on top of us and she just kept weeping and saying like stop 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 you can tell my dad was yelling and I kept feeling a thud and my mom was like you're gonna break my back and my dad was like stomping on her to get off because the fight hadn't been over apparently um but she's like no it's done um and this other guy came in whom I never seen before and he was like stop stop or I'm calling the cops and you know everything stopped we um we didn't go to the emergency room that time but things were bottles were broken 
we were pretty beat up and we were I remember the kid had a broken nose but I don't know who broke it I don't know if I did or my brother did or somebody throwing something did um but that is where it went from like bad to worse so like on the weekends or whenever my dad had his friends over they would bring their kids over and it was basically like a cockfight my kid can take on yours you know and there was no age restriction so like this was our lives for like years it felt like longer like we don't want to fight we don't want to fight we would try to go to church as long as we can um but it you know it was always a mess when we came back home and i was still this chunky kid you know so everybody was like i want the fat one i want the i want the fat one to fight my son i want the fat one because he seems easy my brother was like skinny um the fat one moves slow um and we would fight we would fight until somebody said stop i remember there was this one fight that changed me completely that i knew i wasn't the same after that fight i remember that that week i had been picked on for being chubby and i remember this this kid um on the desk he slaps my side fat and grabs it and then he's like and you know he started making all these names and I just started crying and I hit him like on his chest slash neck and he starts like uh, like he lost his full breath and I remember like I snapped like I just I saw red and I just kept yelling and kept punching and kept hitting him and kicking him and doing everything. And, um, you know, when I came to, like, I, like, got myself together. I was in the principal's office and my mom was crying. And all I remember her saying is, like, you know, he fought somebody. He punched a kid and, you know, he hurt him pretty bad the, that he's in the emergency room. And I remember in the car my dad was like, um, so you want to fight outside of school? Like, you want to fight in school? Like, that's what you want to do? He said, okay, that's fine. And I remember thinking, like, I'm about to get beat again. When we got back home, these guys came in, and um, my dad had told me, he's like, I want you to fight somebody. And I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't want to fight. I don't, I, I don't want to do this. I really don't. Um, and I remember crying, and then he hits me. He Like, he backhands me. And he's like, you fight when I tell you to fight. If I tell you to stop, you stop. I'm in control here. You're not in control. You're nothing. You'll never be nothing. And if I don't tell you what to do, you're just going to be a little sissy. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, when we get home, you're going to take off your shirt and you're going to fight and you're going to stop when I tell you to stop. When I tell you to throw a knee, you're going to throw a knee. When I tell you to do this, you're going to do that. And I'm thinking like, Lord, please. Like, is, I remember it's one of the few times I started praying to God. And I was like, Lord, please, like, send my mom home. Like, please, like, let me see the church van and let me run to my mom. And I was scared. I was so scared. And I remember, like, panicking. And my dad's like, shut up. Like, you know, like, stop, stop. And he's, he, he was drinking and driving. So that made me even more scared because I know how he gets when he's drunk. And we got home, no church van. Mom was not in sight. And I'm, like, crying. 
and I see men like I don't see a kid in sight and then I try to lock myself in my room um but he um he broke through that like he just broke through the door and he said I said come and he dragged me out by like my arm and I remember telling him like you're hurting my arm you're hurting my arm and then he slaps me he says shut up now you just gave the enemy an advantage as to where you're hurt and I remember um my dad was like okay he's ready and I see this dude like tall it you know from my perspective tall as a tree you know and and you know wide and everything like that and I was probably like 10 and I I would have to if I had to guess he was probably like 14 15 somewhere around there he already had like some sort of facial facial fuzz and we fought we fought and you know we were we were going at it for a long time until they started throwing things in there and my mom liked to make tamales and she had a big wooden like thing and i remember my dad specifically told me like hit him with this and he's like and i want you to hit him on his knee so you know i did that because he, he grabbed a, a stick and he started whipping me with it, like, hard. And so I, I just wanted things to be done. And I remember he's on the floor crying, and my dad said, get on top of him and finish it. And I was like, no, I don't want to. So he picks me up, and he punches me in my gut. So, like, I'm, like, out of breath. He throws me on top of him, and he said, I said, hit him. And then everybody's like, no, stop, because the kid's in agony. Like, because I just, like, I think I broke his knee at that point. Um and because I hit him repeatedly on it and he was like I said keep going keep going and I still had my shirt on so like my shirt is like a bloody mess the floor you know always a pool of blood and he was like I said keep going and I was like I don't want to and he said keep going and then he started hitting me with his belt he said keep going keep going sorry <laughs> um I remember the dad was like, stop, that's enough, that's enough, stop. And he tries to, like, pull me off. My dad, with one punch, knocks him out. The kid's out, the guy's out cold. The kid's, like, crying, and I'm punching him. And I get off, right? And my dad's like, break his arm. And I was like, like, I've never, you know, actually done that on purpose. And I'm crying, I'm like, no, like, no like I don't want to and everybody's like no 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 like you're crazy like what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing and my dad said I told you break his arm and you know from the whips he like I remember I had a, a cut right here from like it was like one of those sticks that like you hear the whooshing sound and I had a cut there and he poured alcohol in there like he opened my shirt and poured it in there and he was like, I need you to be, he's like, you're going to be a man. And I told him I don't want to. So I remember he said, oh, yeah. So he grabbed from my neck and the bottom of my shirt. He dragged me. He picked me up and dragged me. We lived in a second story um, apart, uh, apartment. And he hung me over the, the balcony. And he said, either you break his arm or I let you go right now. And whatever happens, happens. He said, I don't care if you die. I don't care if you live. But he disrespected my home, and you're disrespecting me by not listening to me. And I remember saying, like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. 
And I was like, okay, 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 okay. Like, okay, okay, okay. And then he taught me. Like, I went in. He was like, okay. He's like, stop, you know, be a man. Like, do this. And I remember he, he told me what to do. And the kid was just, like, on the floor, like, crying. And I took his arm. And I broke it. And it was his cry of pain and seeing. So I broke it to the point where the bone pierced the skin, meaning it came out. It was right at the elbow, and it popped out. So like this, I, I don't know, I didn't know which bone at the time, but this bone right here popped right through the skin. And he was like, everybody get out. Like after that, he told, ordered everybody to get out. Didn't call 911, and I remember just looking at him and crying. But it, at this point, I didn't cry loud. It was just like tears coming down. And I just looked at him. And every time after a fight, my dad would always tell us to clean up the blood. But I didn't this time. Like, I, I was just like, what happened? You know, and, and my dad, like, you know, took the kid out. And then the guy was like, you know, you're going to pay for this. You're going to pay for this, this and that. And my dad was like, you know, shut up, get out of my house. And my dad started congratulating me. He was like, that's what I wanted you to do. That's what a man is. And I remember, like, feeling weird because like I knew I did something wrong but in a sense it made him proud you know um, so I was confused and my mom came home and I remember I started shaking because it started hitting me like I broke this kid's arm like I broke this kid's arm really bad and you know I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm trembling. And my mom comes home, and she's like, what happened? Like, what happened? She's trying to clean me up, and my brother's like, what happened? And I just told, I just, I was just trembling. I couldn't say anything. I was just there. My brother describes that moment as, like, I, I was there but wasn't there. And it took me, like, two days to talk about it. Like, even at school, like, the teachers was like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, you're normally, like, talkative, and, you know, you would say extra and this, this, and that, but you're so quiet. I remember they took me to the counselors, and they were like, you know, what's going on? And I didn't say anything. They called my mom, and my mom was like, I don't know. Like, he's just been quiet for the last couple of days. That moment made me cross that line where I lost my whole childhood. Like, I, I became this person that on demand, I can flick on a rage, and in that moment, I can take it off. You know, and, you know, my dad was like, whatever, like, you're no good to me, and then he, he would put my brother to fight. And he would still, he would still have these people come over to our houses and, and fight. And that, that was the thing, and people started placing bets, and, you know, and we, we would just, that was the thing, and we would clean up the blood. I remember um, when we got to like about 13, when I got to like about middle school, I want to say middle school, um, that's when I started having problems at school. Like that's when it really started to show in school. Um, I started fighting this guy and, you know, he was like, in one fight, he was like, I'm done. And I've never heard that because <laughs> usually it's like I stop till there's enough blood on the floor. That's when I stop or until somebody tells me stop or until I'm pulled off. 
He's like, I'm done. And I remember um, they pulled me into, because that, that fight was after school, and I remember they pulled me into the office. Um, they sat me down. They had police there just in case if anything happened. Um, and my dad was there. And my dad was like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. And so basically, I didn't know that they were recording the fight of me and this guy. And it wound up in some teacher's, like, phone or, you know, something. And they they kind of said, like, that I'm, I'm, I'm a problem from the school and that I need to do this, that, and the third. Um, and my dad, I just see him, like, fuming with rage that basically I just embarrassed him in front of everybody. And, you know, he took me out and he took my brother out of school. And we drove home. And because um, she had told him, like, this is not only him, it's your other son as well. So my brother and I have lot, two different last names. Um, but um, everybody knew who we were at that point. Um, so they took us both out. And I remember we got one of the worst beatings that I can ever remember. Like, it was really bad. Like, he didn't stop. We, we made holes in the walls because he threw us. Um, and I remember him saying, like, you want to fight outside of school? And I don't know how, but he got boxing gloves. And he's like, put on your gloves. He said, you want to be a man, you're going to fight me. And, you know, at that point, there had been so much rage that I was just quiet. You know, and every time I would get upset, I just got super quiet. And I would just stare. Because in, in me, there was like this raging fire, you know, because of a monster that my dad had created that on demand if he said fight fight and when he said go attack like I would go and attack um and we we didn't win obviously because it's my dad um but he knocked us out and I remember missing school for like four days because that was the one of the only times he hit us in our faces and I had a huge, like, knot on my head, a black eye. And my brother had, um, he, he had busted his lip, like, down to, like, his chin. So we didn't go to school. We healed up. Um, we went back, and everybody um, thought that we got jumped again. And my brother had these friends that were twins, and he was like, you like to fight? Um, he was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, um... These guys disrespected us. And my brother, like, jumps in with these guys, and he attacked a gang member without him knowing. So it started my brother fighting them, and I started hearing about it. I kind of, like, settled back a little bit. I, you know, had friends who, like, would fight, and we would, like, hustle kids for money. But then they found out that my brother had a little brother, which was me. So they set out gang members to come and fight me in the school. Like, I guess, like, kids would transfer over, and um, we just started fighting. We just, every day, every day, like, on the way to school, we would fight this gang. And every day after school, we would fight this gang. There were days that I won, I guess, if you want to call it winning. There was days that I lost. There was days that I went home barefoot <laughs> because they had stole my shoes. And, you know, um, 
it had gotten so bad that they figured out where we lived. And um, at this point, my dad had stopped asking us to fight because he saw that we were getting in trouble more and fighting more. But I guess he didn't want to, like, provoke a beast in his own home. And I remember we were all eating. This is now we're, like, freshman year. Um, you know, we're fighting with this gang. And me and the guy who I had one respect with, I didn't know he was in a gang, too. So after fighting a couple of guys and them seeing me, like, fight, I guess, I had gained their respect into, like, in into anything I wanted, really. And we would go out and we would... Um, we would rob people at night and we would we would fight and we would steal from uh gas stations and we would move um move marijuana we would smoke marijuana um i um, i always loved music and in the music like because of my dad um i started listening to like rap hip-hop it was okay um, I remember liking it. I liked a good, like, you know, a good flow. Um, my dad and my brother got into, like, a whole rock phase. Um, I didn't like rock like that because it was too angry for me. Like, I didn't want to, like, battle my demon with a demon. And then I heard a friend of mine have, like, play techno on his phone. And I was like, I like that. I like that a lot. Like, wow, like, I, re I really like, like, the beats and the moves. And, you know, I would just feel a sense of, like, calm when I would, when I would hear that. Um, and he was like, um, try this when you listen to it. And he gave me, like, a sticker. And I was like, well, what do you do with it? He's like, just put it under your tongue. It's like a, it's like a candy. And it was LSD. Um, and I remember, like, that was the beginning of, like, my LSD issue. And I started, like, triggering. Like, I started taking it and listening to techno and getting lost in the music. Um, and um, I remember, like, in one of those, like, LSD highs um, was I started seeing demons. Um, and it scared me. And it scared me because um, they would say, like, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. And I remember vividly one in one instance that I took it. I was listening to techno, and my iPod, um, back then, my iPod video died. Um, so I was just staring at a tree, and the tree was like, jump. Your life is meaningless. Jump. And I'm sweating, and, you know, um, and I'm looking at the, at, the, at, the, at the jump. And the thing was like, jump, and I'll catch you. And it was just repeating that, like, your life is meaningless. But it was so dark that I was scared. And I hadn't really been scared in a long time. Um, so I didn't jump, thank God. Um, I was still going to church. Um, but I remember, like, the youth pastor at the time telling me, like, why are you so angry? And, you know, I was... I was mouthing off, so I was like, why shouldn't I be? Or who are you? Like, who do you think you are? And um, I remember when he said that, like, I said that pretty loud. And this one kid was like, no, like, don't disrespect him. It was his son. So I pushed him, and I was like, what are you going to do about it? Like, don't disrespect me. And they were like, hey, calm down. Um, and at this point, my mom had been sharing what's been going on um, to the church and asking for prayer because we were so lost 
in that gang life, my brother and I, that we had a problem with a pretty big gang. Mind you, like Langley Park was here. So we had a lot of problems with like Spanish gangs and territorial gangs. And, you know, we were sought after. We had um, anonymous calls saying like, you're green lighted, meaning like you have a, a death sentence on you. And I remember I would laugh back and be like, bring it on. And, you know, we, dude, it's, I can tell you so many stories, but there's, you know, it, it's just so much of fear and like back and forth battle. And I'm just one guy with like a whole gang that I didn't know. And until one night that I went, um, one night that I, I went out cause I had snuck out and I saw them that they were having like a meeting and they were like, oh, here you are. They would, um, they would call me the Tasmanian devil from like Looney Tunes. Um, because in a moment, like he just turned it on and like would battle out. Um, so this is, um, I snuck out and earlier that morning I had that conversation with like the youth pastor. Um, so I ended up walking out and I waited for my mom outside cause I didn't want to talk about why I was so angry. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't understand it. Um, um, I didn't know why, cause it had been so much, like all my life was violence. So I didn't know where it came from. Um, so I snuck out and I'm, I'm questioning, I'm like, that, that just resounded me. Like, why are you so angry? And I was like, dang, like, I don't know, like why I'm so angry. Uh, this is John Martinez, second take, salvation testimony. Let's just continue from where we left off, which was you were getting to uh, your salvation. So I'll just let you continue. Yeah, so um, I we were, what did we leave off? I snuck out of my house. It was like the middle of the night. Um, I was going to go meet up with um, my boys in the hood across the, in, in the, in the, across the street in the park where we always do. Um, this day was very particular because um, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right out of all the times that I snuck out, all the, all the times we would do things, it didn't feel right because of that one question. Like, what's wrong with you? And it, it rattled me and I was like, man. Like what? What? What is going on with me? Because up in this point, everything has been so destructive and everything was so violent. You know, um, I've at this point, you know, the, the problem with with this that particular gang um, had gotten to the point where they broke in my house. We fought in our house. Um, my mom got threatened. My dad got threatened, and it was just a lot of things that were piling on. Um, it's it's it, I I wanted to run away from who I had become, and I was you know that's tech the in the music world techno turned into EDM so I started doing raves and I started um, LSD was my thing you know I would drop acid whenever I could and I would leave this dimension to go into another one in my mind um, so it was just a, a lot of like loss and that question just kind of like baffled me where people were like are you okay like they had to call my name several times and they told me what's going on and what we had to do who we had to go rob this time um so we went um and they only send my friend and i and this and this driver we go to this home in langley park um and they're like you know we're not gonna rob we're gonna do uh, something else um 
So we started to throw flashbangs in in there. We just we were just told to throw it in. Um, next thing you know, we hear gunshots. So we start running. The driver drives off, and I'm telling my friend, "Let's go, run." I took off, and when I'm as I'm looking, like when I'm turning to look, I had saw one of the gang members who were there, and he said he legit said, "What are you doing in my house?" And that's when I got scared, and I was like, "That's the one of the." One of the most realest times where I thought I might die, um, because we had went right into the wolf's den, and we've started some stuff. Our driver has gone away, and it's me who people know they know very well because of our history and this guy. Um, so we run off. There's gunshots, and I keep looking back to make sure he's behind me. He's behind me. At one point, I stopped looking back. And I just ran off. When I turned around, he was nowhere to be found. I ran back, and he was crying for help because he had been shot. Um, this is the guy that saw you. This is the guy. This is the guy that was with me. Mm. This is my friend. Um, he had gotten shot, and he was on the floor um, crying, you know, for help. Um, kind of, sort of choking in his blood. I hid behind some bushes, um, and as right as I was gonna go. Um, police arrived on the scene and medics and everything like that um, and I just hid away in the bushes and saw his life go before his eyes and um, you know they searched around they didn't find me we were wearing all black um, and I remember for that moment the thought again happened What's what's wrong with me? Like why 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 did, why am I in this? Like why am I doing this? Like what what is this? Um, you know we we went back. Um, long story short, I went back home. I couldn't sleep. Um, I was trying to numb the pain, dropping acid even more now instead of like just for music. I would do it just just be, to numb a pain. And every time I took it after seeing my friend die. I heard voices saying, you're going to die, you're going to die. Like, the the fear of death was so strong. Um, and because of the life that I was living, my my family would tell me, you're, you're not going to live past 18. You're not going to live past 21. You're going to be just like your dad. So all this was trying to, like, I, I, I was coming to the end of myself. Looking back, I was coming to the end of myself, and the Lord was just waiting for me to fully submit. Um, and the, so the next day, you know, two days go by and my, my, um, my homies come knocking on my door, asking me to come out, asking me what happened that night. Um, and the, the, I guess the leader, you could say he was like, he was Muslim and he would always say like, if, you know, somebody got, uh, locked up or died or, or anything, he would say, um, he would say, Allah knows. Allah knows why he's in heaven now. Um, so that kind of triggered me to find an escape, to, to get rid of everything. I, I contemplated in taking my life. Um, but due to my Christian upbringing and, you know, hearing little things about the Bible, I, I was torn because in church they say suicide is bad and where you would end up. But here's this guy saying that Allah is God and 
if I commit suicide, but I believe in this God, I will still go to heaven. So I would contemplate that every time, um, you know, the voices got a lot stronger every time that I was that I was on LSD and, you know, voices to like take my life or to jump at a tree that a tree will catch me or hearing hearing the people that I hurt in the background. And I was just so done with all that pain and never really finding a way to express it. Um, and how, how old are you at this? This, this right here is sophomore year. So it's, it's about 15, 16. Wow. Um, and I remember, um, you know, I, I'm still, the, the, the question is still there and I'm just like questioning God, like, why'd you do this? Like, why, why, why did you allow any of this to happen to me? I was such a happy person. I don't understand how home just doesn't feel like home to me. It never has. Um, you know, that's one of the, if, if, if there was a little bit of prayer that I had, that was it. Why did you do this to me? Why didn't you come when I told you? So it started creating like a bitter heart towards everything, everybody. Anybody who mentioned God, I would just get upset. Um, I didn't really want to hear it. Um, and um, I remember going to a church. There was a, a, a um, it was kind of like a like a one day event at the at the church with all the youth and a couple other youth um, from different churches came. Um, and I remember I was forced to go, and I didn't want to because I was, I, you know, one I had just coming off a high, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to go like that. Um, and two, I just, I just was done with the church. But I remember my mom talked to the youth pastor, and the youth pastor saw me um, there just sitting the whole time at this day event, and he asked me, he's like, you know, um, are you willing to praise God today? And I said no. And he's like, well, you know, why, 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 why do you say that? And I was like, because I'm not going to praise a God who has put me through so much hurt, so much pain. Um, I don't believe, I don't believe that's a God that loves. And he's like, well, God loves you. You know, he's there for you. He's this, he's that. And this is <laughs> one of the most out of line things. And it, it, it brought him into the perspective, youth pastor into perspective that there's so much more going on that I don't know. Because he told me, he pulled me to his office and he was like, you know, um, you're, you need to learn how to submit to God and let him just penetrate your heart because your rebellious spirit is going to take you to hell. And I told him, I was like, why would I believe in a God? You know, just going back and forth and in my ignorance, I was like, why would I believe in a God whom I prayed for from the time that I was five years old, six years old, seven years old, begging him to not beat my mom, begging him not to beat me, not to send me to the emergency room, to come just like the Bible said he would? You know, why, why would a God allow that for me? Where, where I know a God, and I was talking about Muslim, um, it, it, the religion of Islam, if I take my own life today, I'm guaranteed heaven. Here, I'm not guaranteed heaven. So you tell me, I was like, so you look at me in my eyes and see that five-year-old boy and tell me that God loves you and God is going to come for you. I was like, you go ahead and tell that five-year-old boy that his, his eye is swollen shut, his back is torn, his mom is knocked out. Go ahead and tell that boy that, that God is in control, that God's going to do everything. And he stayed quiet. And he didn't know what to say. 
um, and I was weeping and I was weeping and I was just I was telling all this in like angry crying and I, I remember slamming the desk and I was like answer me like I need you to answer me I need you to tell me this and he just tells he just lays his hand on me and he's like let me pray for you and I remember like I wanted to rage so bad but one thing he said he's like you know I, I can't speak to that five-year-old boy and I won't try to. But the one thing I will tell you is that God can restore. God can heal. All that weight, all that pain that you have, God can take it. And I remember, like, me yelling at him. I was like, you know, he, 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 he can't. He can't. And, you know, just being so used to, to, to violence and being so used to abuse just makes you feel like there's no way out and I remember he hugged me so tight and I'm you know I'm punching him like get off get off and he told me he's like the Lord loves you and he sees you I remember that in that moment that that hug <laughs> that hug made me believe that if I never heard and I love you for my dad that in that moment that he was willing to take all of that and hug me and, and still say, God loves you, I promise you he does. That the cross, that, that, he, that he died on the cross is for you too. Uh, I remember it, 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 you know, I'm trying to tell him to stop talking and he just prayed and we stood, bro, we didn't even go to that service. We, we just stayed in his office crying. Um, and I remember he's he's telling me he's like you gotta learn how to let that stuff go, and then I told him like you know how how deep in trouble I was with this gang and and you know like I'm in a gang so I can't just leave like that, um, and he just told me um, he told me he told me a story, cause you know I didn't read the Bible, <laughs> he told me a story of how there was a king that said that God loves him so much that he sets up a nice table and sits all his enemies and allows the king to eat comfortably, beautifully, without anybody to disturb him, and his enemies have to watch him feast like there's no tomorrow. And he's like, God can do it for you. Um, you know, I was still trying to fight. Even in that moment, I was like, God can't do this for me. You know, God, God, God can't. He can heal one thing, but he can't take me out of this. He can't take me out of everything that I've done, you know? Like, it, it just it just didn't feel for me. Um, I remember, like, you know, I, I didn't really talk to anybody for, like, a couple weeks. Um, and then weeks turned into, into months. And um, I'm trying this whole God thing, you know, trying to go to church and this, this, and that. And there's this... Um, there's this musician that comes up to me and he's like, hey, you know, like, I, I see that you like music and, you know, what kind of music do you like? And um, I was honest with everybody. So I was like, you know, I like EDM music. I like party music. Um, and he's like, but what do you think about, like, salsa <laughs> and merengue and all this stuff? And he played the congas. And I was like, shoot, I mean, I guess I'll try it just to keep me off the streets. Um, and he's like, yeah, because I had a dream that you were worshiping the Lord on the stage. And I was like, okay, I guess that's fine, um, you know. And and 
I start going over this guy's house and he's showing me uh, patience and, and, and timing and rudiments and everything like that. And he's like, you know, this is how the, your walk with the Lord should be. And I was like, man, come on. If, you, if you're going to teach me, teach me. But if you're going to talk to me about Jesus, forget about it. Like, I'm all right. And he's like, all right, man. He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, just keep coming. And, you know, eventually um, what he was saying, how he was tying music into God and music into life and music into, like, joy and putting you into moods and, and things that it carries, um, I started listening more to worship and, you know, just like, all right, let's see what people are talking about. You know, allowing, I was like, let me allow the music to kind of touch me. Um, and I told God, I was like, I'm going to try you out. I'm going to try you out. And I I guess, you know, in my ignorance, I gave him an ultimatum. I was like, either you protect me and take my shift my whole life around or, you know, I'll just go across the street to the next religion over. Um and, you know, I'm praying, um, and it broke, like, night and day. I started, like, reading my Bible, and I just started, like, reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. And, you know, starting to hear about this this person that died on a tree and took all of our sins. And I remember just crying and crying and crying. Because every time, like, when the Lord was was, was whooped, when Jesus was receiving his lashes, I, I heard um, Jesus saying, I was thinking your name the whole time. And I remember I cried so hard in my room. And, you know, I was just like, man, like, Jesus, like, you love me. Like, without even knowing me, you love me. You love me. Um, you know, and and I'm not really talking to, like, friends anymore. I'm not really hanging around the same circle groups. Um, I'm more focused on this worship and trying to find the meaning behind it. Um you know, and um, I remember uh, that was going well for a while, and um, I went over a family cookout, and I remember, like, I got upset over something, and then my aunt said, see, you're going to wind up just like your dad, a drunk, uh, angry person, nobody likes you, and I remember that still hurt me so bad that I left. You know, she lived in Rockville, and I, I, I left. We lived in Silver Spring, so I walked all the way, and um, I popped acid one more time. And, bro, it was the most horrible experience ever. Like, I, I legit saw demons, like, in my face and laughing at me and kind of making fun of me. Like, you're, you're, you, we have you so wrapped up that no matter what you do, you'll always be surrounded by us. And I remember, like, I'm yelling, I'm screaming, and I'm, I'm trying to fight. And in that moment, there was this, like, hurricane wind that came through my room. And I saw an angel... And an angel came down and he said, stop. And when I tell you those demons that I saw, like, bowed down, literally, like, got on one knee and stopped talking. And he said, he looked at me and he said, this is, this is God's son now. Like, he belongs to God. And I remember just, like, in my room, laying, crying, you know, not sure at this point if I'm if I'm still feeling these effects or if this is real, but it felt so real to have a moment of peace in that state. You know, um, 
that that moment happened, I, I prayed and I told God, like, have it all, have it all, have it all. Like, I'm I'm done of of trying to trying to do everything. I'm I'm done even contemplating being a Muslim, you know, because I was still uh, tiptoeing here and there because I wanted an out so bad. Um, but I remember that moment just made me feel like I was out, like the doors were open and I can just walk right through. And um, I remember I told my friend who, who was the musician who was teaching me, I told him, I was like, yo, you have to come pick me up now. I was like, talk to me everything about Jesus. Show me everything. Show me everything. And we prayed for hours and hours. And, and I told him, you know, the mess that I was in. And he's like, you know what? The Lord will make it so that your enemies won't even see you, that they'll just walk right over you, and you will be home scotch-free. Um, and, bro, that's exactly what happened. I remember, like, the—I the, the I was I was going to the gas station that was near where we lived, and everybody who, who was there knew me. Um, and the owner comes in— um, the, the owner, like, I'm talking to the owner. I'm like, hey, like, you know, I just want some chips and, and a soda. And I'm talking to my friend, and he's like, who are you? What's your name? And I was like, man, stop playing. Like, this is who I am. And he's like, no, like, I've never seen you before. And I was like, okay. So I, I walk by, and then um, my gang is getting jumped by, you know, a, another person. Like, they got, you know, it was just a huge fight. And I'm walking right into it. And as I'm going towards, like, I'm, in my mind, I'm still like, those are my boys. I need to go. Um, and the police get there, and they arrest everybody. And they just tell me, they just shove me. And they're like, go home. And the police know me at this point. Like, they know who I am. And it's like if I didn't exist, if I was, like, a new person. And um, that's how it was for the next couple of days. Like, my life, I was sort of hidden um, one of the things I prayed to the Lord, I was like, you got to get me out of this. You, you got to protect me. I don't, I don't want to see my family hurt. I don't want to see myself hurt anymore by this gang violence, by this drug. Um, and it was just like a complete surrender. And he did that. Um, there was word that they were looking for me, that the rival gang was looking for me specifically. Um, and I remember being so scared and I told the Lord I was like make them go away and that morning the following morning immigration hit Langley Park and the re the news report said that they arrested like you know three digit numbers and gangs and um, they showed the photos and I remember seeing every last person who I had fought with had been deported in a way and the Lord just really showed me like I'll protect you at all times um, and I was just, I just felt so in awe. And I was like, wow, like, what kind of God is this? That I didn't want anything to do with him. I, I, I would get upset and tell him, this is your fault. You're disgust, you know, you're, you're a mean God. You're not a real God. You know, you're just, you're just history that people keeps repeating, but you hold no power. When I tell you since then, I was I believe in the Lord's protection, provision, and just all around love because he did that for me. He he made people go away in the way that I didn't know how. And all it took was my surrender. All it took was for him to come in my heart.
and take that all away. Remove me from that literally night and day, literally like from one night to the next. People didn't recognize me. And there was one guy that I knew from my childhood and we were in it. Um, He told me one time, he's like, you know, this isn't for you. This life isn't for you. He's like, church, church is for you. So go, go. He's like, don't worry about it. I, I know your family is safe. I would just say that you moved away and that's it. And I've been walking firm with Jesus ever since and never looked back. And even when the enemy tries to come around, the Lord just reminds me of his protection and how he freed me from from that whole lifestyle. What is your life um, now? Can you just give us an insight as to where you are now with Jesus and what he's teaching you now and, and what are the changes in your life now that, that you've seen that he's done in your life? Yeah, one, one thing for me is um, he's made me more forgiving. When before, um, I would be so angry, and if you did you did something wrong to me, I would automatically put you on like a hate list, and you know I would start um, just raging as well when I would get like lose control. Um, the Lord has really brought peace, tranquility, um, and one thing he's he's really teaching me now is obviously I said earlier like I'm a father of three, um, teaching me His love for somebody other than me and my wife, for something that kind of like creation, you know, how God loves creation. Um, You know, we don't really understand it. You know, we can kind of grasp it. But for me personally, having a kid, I understand that is a creation of of mine. You know, obviously, all glory be to God, but that's my creation and learning how to love it, nurture it um, in the good, the bad, the ugly. My love doesn't change. For the people watching your testimony right now, um, what are some last words that you can say to whoever is watching this right now? I would just say, um, just try it. Try Jesus. Try Jesus in the way that you've never had before. What I mean by that is, like, for me, I told him, I was like, I'm going to try you, but you need to, you need to, like, do something for me first. Um you know, I need you to take me out of this. And I tried him with what little faith I had, with little knowledge I had. And he did it all for me. 